Hello, thank you for joining the Camden First Assembly broadcast. We are so excited to share the Word of God with you today, believing that this Word is exactly what He has for your life. So, stay tuned for today's message, and as always, remember, there's a place for you at Camden First Assembly. 15, verse number 9. We're going to, uh, I'm going to share a message with you this morning entitled, Handling the Haters. Handling the haters. Will you throw that slide up there for me, Samuel? It's right before that scripture uh, in there. Handling the haters. You know, I don't know about you, but one thing I've learned in life is that uh, no matter what stage of life you're in, you're always going to encounter some haters. (laughs) No matter what stage of life you're in, you're always going to encounter some haters. Sometimes you encounter haters that hate you and you don't know why. For the life of you, you cannot figure out why it is that I have so many haters in my life. Well, this morning, I want to tell you not only why you have so many haters, but I want to give you some ways that you can handle the haters in your life so that you can walk in the freedom and the life that God has called you to without the constant frustration of the haters you encounter. Somebody this morning... This is a word for you. Tell your neighbor, handle the haters. So many times we'd rather run from the haters. We'd rather try to explain to the haters. We'd rather try to handle the haters on our own. And what happens is we further spiral ourselves into a never-ending back-and-forth battle that keeps us from walking in what God has called us to as believers. Tell your neighbor, I've got a mission. Tell your neighbor, I'm too busy to put up with that. You have way too much that Jesus has called you to do. I have way too much that Jesus has called me to do than to have to try to wait my, fight my battle with every hater in my life to get them to be convinced of what it is that I am doing and how I'm doing it is right. Friends, if you live to please the people around you, you will live your life in a constant state of frustration and never experience the joy and the freedom in the life that God's intended for you. Tell your neighbor, I'm handling my haters. (laughs) John chapter 15, verse number 9, this is what it says this morning. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in His love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Complete. Tell your neighbor, get some joy. joy. (laughs) My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no... Thing, no one than this than to lay one's life down for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I have learned from my Father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name... The Father will give you. This is my command. Love each other. If the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. 
If you belong to the world, it would, have, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. Remember what I told you. <laughs> Remember what I told you. A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. If, you, if they obeyed my teaching, they will obey yours also. They will treat you this way because of my name, for they do not know the one who sent me. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would not be guilty of sin. But now they have no excuse for their sin. Whoever hates me hates my father as well. If I had not done among them the works no one else did, they would not be guilty of sin. As it is, they have seen, and yet they have hated both me and my Father. But this is to fulfill what is written in their law. They hated me without reason. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word this morning. God, I pray that you would speak to each and every one of us. That God, we would walk in the life that you have called us to. Lord, that not only would we receive your love, but that God, we would in turn live your love. God, that we would walk in it. That we would respond out of it. That God, it would be the driving force of our life. That every response we give, that God, it would be to love one another. Lord, we thank you for this word this morning. I pray, Holy Spirit, even now, that you would begin moving across this room. Lord, those that are joining us live, Lord, right there where they are, that God, you would begin moving, that healing would begin manifesting in sick bodies in the name of Jesus. God, that freedom would break forth, Lord, in those who are battling, God, constant bondage, Lord. And Lord, this the weight and the pressure, God, of again and again. Lord, I pray freedom from all of that. Lord, I pray peace in the name of Jesus. I pray depression broken off and joy restored and life renewed. God, I thank you that your word is living and active and that even now, Holy Spirit, you are working and moving and fulfilling your promises in our lives. God, we give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. No matter who you are, no matter what you do, no matter what season of life you're in, you will always find yourself faced with haters. And Jesus, I love that he took the time to make sure that we knew that we would face some haters. Tell your neighbor, face the haters. So many times we'd rather run from and we'd rather walk away than stand firm and walk in what God has called us to. God has positioned us, God has given us some truths from His Word on how to handle the haters that we face. If you are alive and breathing, you will have haters in your life. Because no matter who you are or what you do, there is something about you that causes people to become frustrated. I love that the last part of chapter 15 that we read said, and, some, and, and, the, and the law was the promise was fulfilled, what the prophet had spoken, that they will hate me for no reason. There will be times in our lives that people will hate you, but will have no reason to hate you. 
There are times that it will not make sense why it is that you even have haters in your life. But what happens is, is if we're not careful, the haters start controlling our life instead of the one who chose us and called us into life. We begin responding and reacting based on what people are saying or how they are responding to the decisions of our life instead of standing firm in what it is that Jesus has called us to. Friends, I'm here to tell you this morning, you've got a destiny on your life. You are not here by accident and you are not here by mistake. God did not just mistakenly place you where he placed you. He knows exactly where you are. He knows exactly what you've walked through. He knows every battle with hell that you've had to face and every other battle you'll face in your life. And he's come to remind you this morning that not only does he have a plan for your life, but that he has blessings and favor for your life. That he didn't call you to walk around miserable, in bondage, frustrated, overwhelmed, depressed, angry and upset all the time but that he called you to walk in his love where there is joy and there is peace and there is freedom and there is a reason to get up every single morning and keep on chasing after what it is that he's called you to tell your neighbor this morning I'm on my way to heaven (laughs) there may be days that you wake up and you think man I don't want to do it I'd just rather go back to bed. But just remember, what you face today doesn't even begin to compare to what God has for you tomorrow. What He has for you for eternity. And here's the thing. When you make your life, when I make my life about doing what God has called me to do, you will encounter haters in your life. (laughs) Oh, I just laughed when the Holy Spirit gave me this word yesterday. I just laughed. I thought, handling the haters, what a message. Man, that's going to be fun. Handling the haters. How many of you have had haters in your life? People that hate what you do, they hate how you do it, and sometimes they just hate you and you don't even know why. (laughs) You know, when somebody somebody hates you, and and here's the thing, when they hate you, they act towards you out of that hate. Man, our, our, our natural reaction is just to, to lash right back at them. Huh. You hate me? Okay. All right. Let's fight. Let's just go on and take care of this right now. You want to you wanna try to start all that? Well, let's just go ahead and settle it. You know, there are some of us that are that way. They're like, let's just go ahead. Let's just, for me, I'm the person, I want to talk about it. Let's talk about it. There are some, how many talkers do I have in the room? You face, you face some, some trouble or some tension or some frustration. You're like, let's just talk about this. How many talkers do I got? Yeah. How many people do I have? There's, we are few in number, but we are here and we are present. How many of you are like, let's just not talk about it. Let's just pretend it didn't happen and go on. And how many of you are, I'm just going to pretend like nothing's happened, but I'm going to talk all about it the rest of the time. When I'm not in that situation. Okay, all right, good. I've got a few honest people in the house. That's most of us, you know. In the moment, we're just kind of like mad. And then we go back and we're just saying, well, I should have done, or I should have said, or I should have. And here's, here's the thing. Sometimes 
it's best that you didn't say. <laughs> because the Holy Ghost is keeping you from getting yourself into a back and forth fight that you're never supposed to be in. And what happens is that the enemy tries to stir up an anger inside of us so that we respond to the hate that's being thrown at us. But here's the thing. You and I don't have time to fight the haters. You and I don't have time to fight the haters. Jesus didn't call you and I to fight the haters in our lives. Jesus called you and I to trust that he's our defender and to keep walking in the love and the promise of his word and what he's called us to. So I want to give you three things this morning of how you can handle the haters in your life. You ready? Okay, well, three or four of us. Handling the haters, number one, refuse to hate the haters. <laughs> refuse to hate the haters. Verse number 17 of John chapter 15 says, This is my command, love each other. If the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. <laughs> keep in mind that it hated me first. Listen, you haven't had so many haters in your life that you've had more than what Jesus had in his. Jesus had more haters in his life because what he had in his life challenged everything the world had ever known. When he walked into a room, when he came into a village, when he stepped into a city, what was in his life brought such a challenge to what had always been that people absolutely hated him to the point they wanted to kill him. And yet every time Jesus had one response to the haters in his life, love. Because it was the haters who hated him most that he came to this earth to die for. It was the haters that hated him most that he came to give every part of himself to. It was the haters who hated him most that he knew God had positioned him to see a transformation and a change in their life. If you're going to handle the haters that you face in your life, you've got to refuse to hate the haters. Not always easy, not always simple, because when the haters start spreading hate, what happens is, is an anger rises up inside of us. Because most of the time, what they're saying about us isn't anywhere near the truth. How they're talking about me, how they're talking about my family, how they're talking about what I'm doing, how they're talking about what I stand for, most of the time isn't the truth. And so immediately we want to respond. Immediately we want to defend ourselves. But when it comes to handling the haters in our life, when we take a position of defense, if you take that position, then you almost always have to push back. It's why Jesus said in Luke chapter, Luke chapter 6, he said, <laughs> he, told, he told his disciples, he said, if someone slaps you on one cheek, turn and let them slap the other. What Jesus was saying was, get to a point in your life that when you have the haters that are coming against you, your response to the situation isn't how fast you can react and how fast you can hit back, but rather stand in what you know you belong to. Stand in what you know you live for. Stand in what you know you're called to. Stand towards and, and stand and fight for the mission of what God has called you to and understand that God is your defender.
Hear me this morning. There's not a thing that I can say, there's not a thing that you can say to the haters in your life that'll be better than what God will say. There's not a thing that you can do and there's not a thing that I can do to confront and address the haters in your life that's going to be greater than how God can confront and address the haters in your life. It's why he said, vengeance is mine. Here's the thing. Just remember, you're a child of the king. Because you said yes to Jesus, your identity is found in him. Go on and mess with one of the king's children and see what happens. Go on and mess with one of the king's kids and find out what happens. You think that you're not gonna, you think that the king's not gonna respond? You think that the king's not gonna address? Why am I gonna spend all of my time chasing after the haters who are talking bad? Why am I gonna spend all of my time going after the people that are trying to cut me down when Jesus has given me a mission to bring life and life more abundantly? When Jesus has given me a mission to bring love that transforms and a glory that sets free and a power that unleashes the glorious promises of his word in our lives. I don't have time to hate the haters because as a hater myself I was saved and set free I don't have time to worry myself about what you're saying about me or what attempts you're bringing at me I don't have time to focus my attention on what it is that you disagree with or what it is you think I stand for all I need to do is fix my eyes on Jesus walk in the love that he's called me to and watch as God breaks off every single one of those lies as he breaks off every single one of those traps because here's the thing when we hate the haters what happens is we become them when we hate the haters what happens is we become them tell your neighbor don't be a hater tell your neighbor don't be a hater man it's we we can be so critical so fast <laughs> oh we can, you know, in the South, we can say a lot without saying a lot. Bless your heart. You better know what that means. Like, bless your heart. Sometimes it's a genuine, well, bless your heart. And other times it's a bless your heart. You know, Jesus, help them. I don't know. They got some issues and they got some problems. And, you know, we can be so critical. <laughs> We can be so critical of how people do things or how people handle things or how they approach things. But here's the thing. You're not in their shoes. You're not in their shoes. You're not walking what they're walking. You're not dealing with what they're dealing with. Truth be told, you probably don't know what they're even walking through. You don't even know what it is that they're facing. You don't even know the difficulties that they're going through. So instead of responding to hate when they don't respond to you the way you thought they should or they didn't do it the way that you thought they should, maybe take just a moment and respond out of love first and let the Holy Spirit give you a perspective and a revelation from heaven that will bring some transformation into your life. Tell your neighbor, don't be a hater. Don't be a hater. And here's the thing. One of the biggest haters that we have in our lives is ourselves. One of the biggest haters that we have in our lives is ourselves. Huh. You ever heard the saying, we're our own worst critic? See, 
I can preach a message on a Sunday morning and before I walk out of the door have someone tell me I did a wonderful job. But before I make it to that back door, I've already in my brain started to pick apart all of the things. <laughs> you forgot this. You didn't say that. You told this story, but how did it link exactly to? Immediately, we start criticizing everything that we do. And what happens is, is we open the door for the enemy to bring condemnation. And it's not long before we fall into the cycle of beating ourselves down and talking less than about ourselves than how we are and who we've been called to be as a child of God. Stop hating on yourself. Tell your neighbor, stop hating on yourself. We spend so much time criticizing our faults and our failures and our shortcomings that it's not long that we start thinking about ourselves like the way we talk about ourselves. And what happens is, is we position ourselves to not walk in what God has called us to, but rather what we've been speaking about our lives. Huh. Well, I'm a failure. I'm a mess up. I always, I always make a mistake. I never get it right. I'm fat, I'm ugly, I'm stupid, I'm dumb. You speak those things enough over your life and you know what's going to happen? You're going to start living them out. Tell your neighbor, I look good. There's a reason I make you tell yourself that. There's a reason that I make you tell your neighbor that. Because you need to stop hating on yourself and recognize that you are a child of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. That when Jesus made the decision to leave His place in heaven and to come down on this earth, it was because when He looked at you, He saw nothing but beauty. He saw nothing but perfection. He saw nothing but the fullness of what God had intended when He created you. The destiny and the potential and the gifts and the talents and the abilities that you have. It's time for us to stop selling ourselves short of what God has called us to, to cut out the hate and the lies of the enemy and stand firm in the identity that God has given us as his children, to stop being our own worst hater and to refuse to hate, but to say, God, let me walk in your love. Let me have the revelation of your presence. Let me see myself the way that you see me. Let me see the people around me the way that you see me. Because here's the deal friends, when love saturates our life, we can't help but respond out of love. And here's the thing, if we don't love ourselves, it's going to be hard to love the people around us. Jesus said the two greatest commandments was to love God with everything that you have. And the second, to love your neighbor as yourself. The problem I'm convinced that we have in our world today is that we love our neighbor as ourselves, but the problem is, is we don't really love ourselves. So the way we treat our neighbors is really how we treat ourselves. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, stop hating. Refuse to hate the haters. I love what Luke chapter 6 Luke chapter 6, verse 27 says, But to you who are listening, I say, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, and pray for those who mistreat you. Secondly, this morning, we can't stop hating long enough on ourselves and on others if we don't stop, if we don't refuse to hate the haters. Then secondly, we can't recognize and rejoice. Luke chapter 6, verse number 22 said, Blessed are you when people hate you, 
when they exclude you and insult you and reject your name as evil because of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy because great is your reward in heaven for that is how their ancestors treated the prophets. Man, I wonder what would happen if we would start, if we would just start rejoicing every time we found out we had another hater in our lives. I'm throwing, I'm throwing a party this Friday night at my house. I'm grilling steaks. We're going to have grilled chicken. We're going to have cheesecake. We're going to have all the fixings, all the stuff. Well, Connor, why are you throwing a party? I just found out I had another hater. What? You're throwing a party because you have another hater? Yeah, Jesus said rejoice. Tell your neighbor, rejoice. rejoice. See, what happens is, is when we find out we have another hater in our life, what we do is get mad. What we do is get angry. What we do is we start talking about, well, like they have any room to talk. Do you know about them? Do you know what they did? Do you know where they come from? Do you know their story? Like they have any room to say anything about me? Time out. You didn't respond in love. I didn't respond in love just then. No, but what happens is when I refuse to hate the haters in my life, then it positions me to recognize and rejoice. To recognize that when I have a hater in my life, I've got a reason to celebrate. Because Jesus said that when you find out <laughs> that you have a hater in your life, just go on and celebrate. They hate you because they hate me. So many times we ask ourselves, why is it that people hate me? Here's the deal, friends. Take the pressure off yourself. We spend our lives with so much pressure. So much pressure, so much pressure, so much pressure. What if I make the wrong decision? What if I don't do the right thing? What if, it all starts in high school when you have to start figuring out what you're going to do with your life. My favorite thing is when you know, people come up to you and they go, well, what are you going to do when you graduate? I have no idea. That's what most students, I have no idea. I think I know, but I don't really know. And immediately there's this pressure, this pressure, this pressure, this pressure. And here's the thing, as an adult it just gets worse. Who I'm going to marry, what job I'm going to take, where I'm going to live, what I'm going to do. Pressure, 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 pressure. And we live our lives in this pressure, never walking in the peace and the joy that God has established for us. If you don't know, just say, I don't know. Sometimes people ask me, well, pastor, when are you going to do this? I don't know. <laughs> well, aren't, don't, aren't you supposed to know? Yeah, but I don't. And you know what? It's okay to not know. What's not okay is to let pressure drive you to make decisions and to do things because there are people who are asking you questions. Pressure isn't from the people in your life. It's from the enemy in your life that's trying to push you off the course in the direction that God has given you. When you make a decision to follow Jesus, you're always going to have haters. Because here's the thing, when you're obedient to what God tells you to do, people are not going to understand. People aren't going to get it. I don't get it. I don't understand it. And so our response, instead of to pause, to wait, to respond in love, to let, to let see, to, to know what's going to happen, we often respond out of criticism. We often respond out of fear, which drives us to criticize and which causes us to position ourselves in a place that doesn't bring life to the people around us, but only brings further pressure. God said, when you find out you have a hater in your life, rejoice. 
rejoice because they hated me first. Take the pressure off of your life because honestly, what they hate about you isn't necessarily you. It's what's inside of you. (laughs) Tell your neighbor, take the pressure off. John chapter 15, verse number 19 says this, If you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. You've been called out. You've been chosen. You've been set apart. I can't think of a more perfect illustration than Joseph and his brothers. God called him out, gave him a destiny, gave him a purpose. He was chosen by God to do incredible things. And his brothers hated him. Why? Because God singled him out. God called him, gave him a gift, gave him an ability, gave him a talent. Gave him the means by which he could do what God had destined for him to do on this earth. And his brothers hated him for it. Why? Because in their minds, he was saying, I'm better than you are. Instead of pausing long enough to recognize who it was that called him out. Who it was that had chosen him. Who it was that had positioned him. He, his brothers chose instead to respond in hate instead of love. When God calls you out, when He chose you and gave you a relationship with Him, what He did is He positioned you to experience things with Him that nobody else could. Tell your neighbor, I got something you don't got. (laughs) Tell them again, I got something you don't got. Just going to tell you right now, I got something that you don't. And guess what? You've got something that I don't. Some of y'all can sing. You can sing. Hallelujah. If I sing, you're going to get up and leave. That's not one of my gifts. That's not one of my talents. That's not one of the things that God gave me. I'm not angry about it. I'm not upset about it. But I just recognize it's not something that He gave me. It's not something that he called me to do. And some of y'all are so polite. You can sing. It'll be all right. You can do it. And you will sit back there and hold your ears. And you will come up and tell me after service. You did so good. You did so good. And I did so good because you couldn't hear me. (laughs) Brother Floyd will be turning the volume all the way down back there. He'll just slide that slider down. (laughs) He'll be trying to help me. Thank you, Brother Floyd. You know, but so many times we fail to recognize That God has called you, God has chosen you for something that He hasn't called or chosen me for. And instead of being jealous or envious or comparing ourselves to other people, we should just recognize that. There are some that are called to be missionaries to Africa. I love what I do. (laughs) There are some that are called to go to places and to do things that you or I are not called to. But the problem is, as we start comparing the value and the impact and the difference of those things, failing to recognize that we've been put here for a reason and a purpose, that God has established us for such a time as this, that we have a reason, we have a destiny that God has given us as His children, and that if we'll walk in those things, then what we'll experience is the fulfillment of His plan and His promise. 
you don't do and respond to the things in your life anymore the way that the rest of the world did. Why? Because you are living a brand new life. How I react to the problems and the situations in my life are going to be different than the rest of the world because what I have is something that this world could never give me. I've got a reason to rejoice. I've got a reason to celebrate. I've got a reason to throw a party because here's the deal. If I have a hater in my life or haters in my life, then it must mean I'm doing something right. Did you hear me this morning? If we have haters in our life, then it must mean that we're doing something right. Jesus was going about his father's business. He was doing what he had seen. The Lord showed him the revelation that God had given him. He was being obedient to what he said. And as a result, people hated him for it. Why? Because they knew that what he possessed was so much more than what they ever could following in the steps and the plans that they always had. But Jesus was bringing about a change, a transformation, something that brought life, something that brought a difference and what happened was is it made the devil mad because what you have what you possess the gifts and the talents the calling the destiny that God has on your life it is pushing back and destroying the kingdom of darkness. Every time you get up and go to work at the job that God told you to work at, every time you go and you spend that time investing in your child's life, reading the word of God to them, taking them to school every single morning, going to football practice, taking them to band practice, every time that you get up and go to school, every time that you get up and go to work, being in the place that God has called you to, don't for a second think that this is just what I do because it's what I do, but recognize I'm on a mission for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and He has called me for such a time as this. I'm walking in places and talking to people and doing things that others would never have the opportunity to do, but what I have on the inside is so powerful. What I have on the inside is so great because it is the love and the joy and the peace and the power and the presence of God. When I walk into a room, the enemy trembles because he knows that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead now dwells in me. When I find out that I've got a hater, when I find out there's somebody that can't stand me, when I find out there's somebody that just doesn't get it about me and they talk down about me, I've got a reason to rejoice because it may be that I'm walking in the same footsteps of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords and that there's a about to be an outpouring of the Spirit and His glory in that place. Amen. Jesus, I'm walking in what He's called me to. I've got a reason to celebrate. <laughs> I love it when somebody says, Pastor, I'm not happy. Really, let's talk about that. Here's the thing. Often when God is challenging us, it pushes us out of our comfort zone. When we're not in our comfort zone, we're not happy. I prefer to have a cup of coffee every morning when I wake up. Try to talk to me before then and see how happy I am. Not necessarily that thrilled. Not because I haven't had my coffee, but because I haven't had that time. You know, that time, that, that just few moments of just alone with Jesus. Just me and him. 
It's messed up my routine. <laughs> How many routine people do I have in the place? Yeah, you got your routine. I've got my schedule. And when your schedule gets messed up, when the plan, the planners that I got in the room, when the plan gets messed up and you're pushed out of your comfort zone, you get a little edgy, get a little frustrated. Here's the thing. A lot of times God will push you out of your comfort zone because he's trying to take you to the next level. Because he's trying to position you to experience and encounter some things with him that if, if you didn't get out of your comfort zone, you'd never, you'd never find out or figure out what it is that he has for you. When you find out you have haters in your life, recognize and rejoice that what you've got on the inside is stirring up something on the outside. And that God is working and moving and doing something in the atmosphere around you. And then love. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, love. Thirdly, this morning, if we're going to handle the haters, we've got to remain in His love. Remain in His love. <laughs> I love what verses 9 through 13 says, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept the Father's commands and remain in His love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. So many times we don't have joy in our lives because when the haters start hating and the problems of life start coming at us in every direction, instead of remaining in His love, we start operating out of our frustration. <laughs> Remain in His love. 1 John chapter 4, perfect love drives out all fear. Remain in His love. Because of His love, we have been set free from all of our sins and given a new life. Remain in His love. Because of His love, I have life and life more abundantly. Because of his love, the identity that I have in him positions me to receive from him every promise that's in his word. Remain in his love. If I stay in that place with him, if I walk and talk from that place with him, then what I do is position myself to receive from him everything he has for me. When every problem comes against me, I don't have to worry about what's next because in his love... In His love, I'm reminded of who I am. In His love, I'm reminded of what He's planned for me. In His love, I'm reminded of every promise that He has for me from the very beginning of His Word to the very end of His Word. If I stay in His love, then it doesn't matter who hates me. It doesn't matter who talks about me. It doesn't matter what problems or situations in my life I face. I have nothing to fear. I don't have to worry about what I'm going to eat, what I'm going to wear, where I'm going to live, how I'm going to have enough money to pay this bill or to take care of that one, all I have to do is remain in His love. If I'll remain in His love, I'll have wisdom and revelation from heaven, insight and direction that the world could never give me. I could Google it, study it, research it all the day long, but I'll never get what I can find when I remain in His love. When I remain in His love, I see people differently. I talk to them differently. I respond to my problems and my situations differently. When I remain in His love, that's when I handle the haters. Because in his love, I realize I'm a child of the king. I'm saved and set free. 
I have a hope that this world can never give. I have a joy that no thing in this world could ever give to me. I have a peace that passes all understanding. I have healing. I have freedom. I have redemption. I have the power to walk in the fruit of the Spirit. I have the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead now living in my life. I've got someone who's walking and talking with me, who's leading me, guiding me, directing me into the plans that He has to prosper me, to give me a hope and a future. When I remain in His love, what happens is, is his love not only, and not only completely engulfs me, but his love flows through me. And his love begins to transform. And his love begins to change. And his love begins to shift the atmosphere in the lives of those around me. You want to handle the haters in your life? Love them. <laughs> love them. Love them. Not fake love. Tell you never, we don't do phony love. We don't phony love. Phony. <laughs> phony love either. We don't do that. We, it's all serious around here. <laughs> love people. Love people. And be real. Be genuine. Here's the thing. People know when you're fake. <laughs> people know when you're fake. You can pretend to love somebody, but you know, when you smile at someone... And you don't really mean that smile, and you're like, hi, it's so good to see you. Don't do that. Don't do that. Tell your neighbor, be real. I'm not saying that you're always going to get it right or that you're always going to be perfect. You know, there's going to be some days that you see them in Walmart and, you know, you hadn't fixed your hair or you're in your lazy clothes or you didn't put your makeup on or, you know. You're just trying to get in and you're trying to get out and you see that person and you're like, well, I really should. But I, listen, go out of a place of authenticity. Don't do it because you have pressure. Don't do it out of pressure. Listen, Jesus didn't die on the cross for you because he felt pressure. He did it because he wanted to. There's a difference in having to and a difference in wanting to. When you remain in his love, you want to love people. When you remain in his love, you want to walk in what He has for you. When you remain in His love, it keeps your heart and your mind, and more importantly, your eyes fixed on Jesus. Because here's the thing, the last thing we need in this world is fake love. The last thing we need in this world is more pretenders. We need people who will be real and authentic with the love of God and who will take the same love that they've encountered and share it with the world around them. Tell your neighbor, I'm going to handle my haters. <laughs> I'm going to handle my haters. Lastly, I want to share with you Romans chapter 8. Verses 38 through 39. This is what it says. Knowing all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons... Neither the present nor the future nor any powers, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. There is nothing in your life that can separate you from His love. Not a problem, not a hater, not a single situation that you'll face that can separate you from the love of God. When you remain in His love, handling the haters is no big deal. Because here's the thing, every single time 
your response will be spot on with the Holy Spirit. (laughs) And my goal is this. Every hater in my life, I do exactly what Jesus said in Luke chapter 6. I pray for them. Now here's the thing. I said be real. I said don't be fake. So don't say you prayed for them, but then your prayer was, Lord, let, you know, let something, you know, fall off and hit them in the head or trip them up on their way into work. Or that, that's not the kind of praying I'm talking about, okay? I know there's a song about that that's out there that talks about that, and I just want to clear that up. You did not come to church and hear the pastor say, pray for your enemies. God, just take them out. Just, just that's not what I said. <laughs> pray for them. Pray for God to bless them. Pray for God to bless their life. Here's the thing. There may be some things that they're walking through, that they're going through right now, that if you don't pray for them, their life is going to be ruined. Maybe there's nobody that's standing in the gap praying for them. Pray for them. Pray the blessings of heaven over their life. Pray that God's love would captivate their heart. If you find out that you have a hater, rejoice in the fact that you're walking in what God's called you to walk in. And then get on your knees Get on your face. As you drive down the road, cry out to God, calling out their name. God, bless their life. Bless their life. Don't just say that you love your haters. Put some action behind it. My mom always told me actions speak louder than words. One thing to say you love somebody, it's another thing to do something to show them that love. I'm not saying that you got to buy them chocolate or take them out to eat or do any of those things, the Holy Spirit may lead you to do something like that. But praying for them is putting that love into action. Because when somebody hates you and you can pray for them, all it does is go to further the evidence of the love of God that's in your life. Because while I was yet a sinner, Christ died for me. When I was a hater, He died for me. When I was at my lowest and at my worst, He died for me. Because He loved me. Handle the haters. Amen? All right, man, come on. So this morning, here's what I want to do. I just, I want to take this moment and I just want to ask you if you would close your eyes in this place. If you're here this morning and you say, Connor, I hear you talking about the love of God. I hear you talking about being a child of God. I hear you talking about walking in the the identity and the life that he has. But truthfully, honestly, I've never, I've never made the decision to walk in his love if that's you this morning I just want you to lift your hand right where you are I want to walk in the love of God I've never done that but this morning I want to walk in his love if that's you just lift your hand right where you are if you're watching online if you're listening with us send me a message on Facebook Connor I want to walk in his love because I want to pray with you I want to believe with you for the love of God to captivate your life here's the thing Walking in a relationship with Jesus is more than praying any prayer. It's spending every single day getting to know Him better than the day before. It's having conversation with Him and making Him the forefront of your life. Better than your best friend. Better than your spouse. Better than your family. That He is the center of your all in all. If you're here this morning, you're listening, you're watching... Maybe you don't want to lift your hand. Maybe maybe you don't want to send a message right now. But if you make a decision, Connor, I want to walk this out. Send me a message. Give me a call. 
It'd be my honor and my privilege to pray with you. Secondly, this morning, if you say, Connor, I've been facing some, some haters in my life. It's frustrated me. It's overwhelmed me. I've been angry. I've been upset about it. Hear me out this morning. There is nothing wrong with you being angry or upset. <laughs> Those feelings, don't ignore them. Take them to the throne room of heaven. Take them to Jesus and say, God, I cannot believe what they've said about me. I cannot believe what they've said about my family. I cannot believe what they've said about my life. But if you're here this morning and you say, Connor, this word was for me. I've been struggling with this and I just, I needed this reminder from heaven today. I just want you to throw your hands up right where you are. And I just want to pray for you this morning. Heavenly Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that, Lord, every person that has their hand lifted in this place, God, that has been overwhelmed with the haters, Lord, just the enemy trying everything he can to stir up, to try to, to, try to frustrate, to try to aggravate, to try to overwhelm the lies that have been said about me, the lies that have been said about my family, the lies that have been said about just my life and what you've called me to. God, this word was for me today. And Lord, right here, right now, I just say, God, saturate me with your love. God, saturate me with your love. Lord, I pray every person with their hands lifted that the love of God would saturate them. That, Lord, a spirit of rejoicing would rise up within them. That, God, they would celebrate the fact that there are even haters in their life. But that, God, even through that, that, Lord, you would place such a burden on their hearts for the haters around them. God, to begin to pray and to declare your word and your promises over them. God, I pray for peace over their hearts and mind. I pray, Lord, every anger, every frustration, every concern, every weight that has just been heavy on their hearts and their minds, that, God, you would just begin to lift every bit of that right now in the name of Jesus. And that, God, your love and your joy would begin to flow through them in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Church family, would you stand with me this morning?